0: Alright, alright Imagine, okay Close your eyes and like Visualize the audience Mm. Like this is a show That's for people We're performing But then like Imagine them all in their underwear So they don't bother you Pretend they're (laughs) not there You know they're there But now pretend they're not there And just think of me Just look at me Okay, alright And now make the show That you would make For me If there was an audience But you were just doing it for me Okay And that's what I need from you I'll do my best Hi Nick Hi Caleb Hi do you ever feel like really uh, like metaphysically powerfully personally connected to a place like a certain location uh, i think so i feel really
1: comfortable in the bathroom
0: yeah the <laughs> bathroom the bathroom is a big one that's that's a nexus
1: yeah you know? i feel safe in there i feel mm-hmm. like uh no harm can befall me and like i'm just gonna come out feeling better than i did before no matter what i do in there basically do you feel like most of your places are like indoors are you like uh, uh... yeah i've never really used an outhouse like, it's pretty much all of my power places are indoors, I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and your power places are solely, uh, solely bathrooms. Yep. Bathrooms, lavatories, water closets. Just, mm-hmm. yep.
0: <laughs> well, uh, I'm a little different from you, I guess. Some might say a little more worldly. I really mm. have a lot of, of outdoor, like, beautiful outside places that really affect me. I don't understand that. I get nervous. you'll get used to it you know if you if you try it if you find a few places there's like there's some really nice okay forests where there's a lot of coverage (laughs) can't (laughs) believe you pushed
1: me in a a potty direction i'm so sorry i did this to you (laughs) okay well okay where okay power places places you're connected to
0: Tell me about yours. Well, I'm just saying, you know, sometimes I'll think of whenever I need to feel a certain way or whenever I do feel a certain way, I'll connect that to a certain place. Okay. And it'll just like, I'll just like inhabit that energy. You know, like sometimes I feel very, I feel very uh, Eiffel Tower, you know? Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Like, t- like today, today I'm like super Eiffel Tower. Really. Okay, I'm like, <laughs>
1: sure. Oh, I'm very tall. Uh, I'm like sharp. Do you have anything like that? A lot of days I feel like the cave from the first Pokemon where you got to use Flash. Um, but you can't find any Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, my experience with a cave where you have to use Flash is that you find just a whole bunch of Pokemon every second. There's no way to avoid them. Yeah, I can't find them, though. I'm just wandering around in the dark going, where are my friends? Where do they all go? Where did they all go? Yeah, so you felt you feel like pretty uh, rock cave-y. I could feel rock cave but I can mm-hmm. also feel, um, let's see. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag? Sometimes I feel like I don't have a partner. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like my only friend is the city that I live in, (laughs) which is, of course, the city of angels, baby. (laughs) Well, today I
0: feel like the side of the street. Okay, Yeah. Yeah. I feel I feel extremely like the side of the street.
1: Could you expand upon that? Is it like on the sidewalk? Are we
0: talking about? No, no, it's like. It's like this. Is it before you get to the sidewalks? <laughs> like before you get to the sidewalk. But like not So you don't feel sidewalky. No, I don't feel sidewalky. And I also don't feel I don't feel like ti- the tiny lane. The like side lane. I don't really feel like that either. You don't feel bike laney. Yeah, I don't feel laney. you don't bike feel lane-y. laney.
1: No. You don't <sighs> feel parking metery. No, I don't feel what parking do metery. Do you feel like though?
0: Really? I think I feel Kirby. Ha ha ha.
1: I liked it when I realized what you were doing. Okay,
0: good. It was, uh... (laughs) That was an extremely long one to ring in our new
1: season. Woo! Welcome to Your Two Show. Yes, welcome everyone to Your Two Show. A show about cartoons, narratives... And weird aliens that come from other planets and dimensions. (laughs) It is mostly about (laughs) video
0: game characters, but sometimes it's about watching hundreds of sheep get disintegrated into skeletons. Yeah. uh, within one single frame of time. My name's Nick Splender, and I hated that part. My name's Caleb Zine Hewitt, (laughs) and I think it really sets the tone for this show. Today we're talking about Kirby right back at ya.
1: Right back at ya!
2: Curvy, 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 that's a name you should know Curvy, 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 he's the star of the show There's more than you think, you has got maximum pain Curvy, Kirby, Curvy, Kirby, Curvy's the one He comes right back that cha gotcha. He comes around, back that gotcha. Give it all that you got, take a very best shot in the end it right back right, gotcha for sure, yeah
0: The theme song does a really good job of selling and explaining the name of the show. Yes, it
1: really does. Kirby, if you uh, don't know, I'm sure that you're aware of Kirby. Oh, sure. But just in case anyone (laughs) tuning in for the first time has never seen, heard, snuggled, Or cuddle to Kirby. (laughs) Kirby (laughs) is a small
0: little pink blob with shoes and two little blobby arms. He's got eyeballs, he's got blush, and he's got a mouth. The mouth will be really important later, so keep that in mind. (laughs) You're
1: going to want to keep track of that mouth.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Kirby is a video game character who originally appeared in Kirby's Dreamland, a Game Boy game. That came out in 1992. Good game. I like Kirby. Mm -hmm. I like to make him float. (laughs) Yeah, Kirby's main qualities are his ability to (laughs) float, his ability to suck things in and swallow them to uh, absorb their powers. His copy ability.
1: That's right. As Meta Knight says later in this episode, that's Kirby's main defensive ability.
0: (laughs) Inhale. (laughs) One of the reasons that Kirby became very popular in the US, other than the games, is that Kirby was featured in the first Super Smash Brothers. You really feel like that was Kirby's like popping off point in the United States? Because I think you're right. I don't know. At least it was for me as a kid. Okay. Because even though the Kirby game came out in 92, that was a year before I was born. What? And then the other Kirby games were kind of under my radar until I played Kirby in Smash. Well, I was born in
1: 1986- and my big introduction to Kirby was uh, Kirby Superstar mm-hmm. for the Super Nintendo. I think I played the Game Boy game a little bit before that, mm-hmm. but Kirby Superstar with its various modes and especially its cooperative nature—let me play with my little brother Ryan—and we had a big old time with that video game. What was the co-op in that game? I don't even. What did you do? Oh my goodness! Kirby Superstar rules. I I don't know if it's the first Kirby game that lets you have basically like allies, like the Star Ally system in the most recent game. Mm-hmm but you could copy an enemy and then turn them into the second player. So Kirby could like swallow the sword guy and then you could press one of the buttons to create the second player who is now the sword guy. And it was so cute and cool. That's so and cool. a really fun mechanic for, like, not starting and always having a second player. It makes you as the, like, in my case, the big brother, mm-hmm. responsible for making sure your younger brother gets to play mm-hmm. in, like, a fun way. <laughs> yeah. Because he would get, you know, he'd get killed. And then he'd be like, oh, I want to be the fireball. And so I would, like, try to make sure I copied the fireball and then recreate him from that. Uh, It was really, really fun. That is really cool. My
0: first Kirby game was Kirby and the Crystal Shards, which was the N64 game. Oh, cool. Which I believe was the first
1: Kirby that was, like, in three dimensions. Oh, my gosh. I think I just accidentally committed a crime. I tried to do a search for Kirby and Crystal Shards, and it auto-completed to ROM at the end. <laughs> I just accidentally hit enter, and it searched for Kirby. Oh, no! I'm gonna go to jail! You're on a
2: list now.
1: I didn't... It, Google made me commit crime! I can't believe you're a hacker, Nick. I can't believe you're a pirate hacker. This is the first time Google has ever tricked me into committing a crime as far as i'm aware and i'm not liking it (laughs) yeah yeah i played crystal shards a little bit it's a good one so we've so we've all played uh different versions of kirby I had never seen this show
0: before. And this show came out a full 10 years after the original Kirby game did. Yeah. Or at least the Japanese, I think, came out nine years after the Kirby Kirby game came out. But for us in the United States, our timeline was a full 10 years before Kirby got a TV show, and it was well after he had arrived in Smash. Yes. And so this version of Kirby, this cartoon version of Kirby for me as a kid, was like... The way I got to know who Kirby actually was. Oh, nice! I played Crystal Shards, but a lot of the video games don't give you a lot of context for Kirby himself. Hmm? They just have you sort of playing him, running around, gobbling
1: things up, and fighting monsters. Right. If anything, his—I mean, he—he he emotes mm-hmm. based on things that are happening, like in cutscenes or or when you see a boss or whatever. He looks determined, and he looks enthusiastic, <laughs> and those are sort of Kirby's basic uh, modes. And that's something I do want to like keep in mind and talk about a little more compared with, say, Sonic. Mm-hmm. I want us to think maybe about like Kirby's relative appeal and popularity mm-hmm. compared with Sonic's, partly maybe related to the aspects of personality or the lack thereof that are projected onto each of these characters.:
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that
1: is something we can talk about in even more depth once we see the way the show. Decides to handle him. Yeah, exactly. We've barely gotten started, but that's just one of my like that's one of my uh, uh, research questions. <laughs> I think that's a great thing to be thinking about because they got a lot of things in common. Uh, they're both uh, super cute. Mm-hmm. They both come from other dimensions or planets, depending on the uh, circumstances, and they both eat a tremendous amount. <laughs> and in order to learn more about that, perhaps we should go to the recap. Let's hit up that recap. <laughs>
0: The first episode of Kirby Right Back Atcha is called Kirby Comes to Cappy Town, which is a fun thing to say and should have been our warm up for this episode, I guess. And it opens on a bunch of sleepy sheep. They are very, very cute sheep. They look just like the sleepy sheep from Paper Mario. Oh, <laughs> and, yes. And uh, we see them sleeping, hanging out, and they are immediately attacked by a giant terrifying octopus
1: and when you say giant octopus you don't mean like four feet across which would be a pretty big octopus for me to deal with <laughs> that would be a large octopus for a uh, for an average human to have to see <laughs> no this is like
0: bigger than a house bigger than two houses, perhaps even bigger Uh than three. It's pretty big, (laughs) yep. It's a giant octopus. It can float in the sky. It has very scary eyes and a little round mouth. And it does an action we will become familiar with as the show progresses more and more, which is to say it inhales uh, Mm -hmm. very powerfully an entire flock of sheep and spits up their bones on top of i suppose the guy who's supposed to be their shepherd this guy runs out of the house and is like oh
1: no they are devoured and the bones are out and you see the bones and it's gross it's very scary and thinking about like putting me in that time
0: and thinking about a kid who's seen kirby and who's probably seen like trailers for this on uh on four kids like oh we're gonna sh- we're gonna premiere our new show kirby right back at you with this like cute kirby guy and this like fresh and new hip 3d animation and then the first thing you see is a whole group of sheep get completely murdered uh-huh it's very spooky the octopus is very
1: scary yeah and it sets a like very intense tone right mm-hmm. off the bat i'd like to think about you know because we're the same age now but at that time we were different ages mm-hmm. and you're talking about when you you would have been 10 or 11 when this when you're yes. watching this and I would have been, Mm. like, what, 16? And just, like, not bothered at all. I was, like, (laughs) so cool. I was in a rock band. And I would have seen this and been like, where's all the blood? Yeah, it's all just bones, (laughs) whatever. That's not even... Just bones? Come on. Make it tougher. (laughs) (laughs) I would have been so excited to buy
0: this probably scared but i would have been mm-hmm. very very into it and i know actually yeah. i know for a fact that i watched this show from the beginning when i was a kid because i was really excited about it when it was getting released cool so i
1: must have seen this and must have felt things about it at the time but i don't really remember well, i watched a lot of stuff like this kind of uncritically when i was a kid mm-hmm. right like you see this and this wouldn't have bothered me very much yeah it bothers me now more i think than it did when it was a kid watching it today I was like, oh, is this what kind of show we're doing? Am I gonna have to see Kirby's Bones? And luckily, not yet. Luckily, not so far. Oh, man, I wonder what those would even look
0: like. He probably doesn't have them, right? Because he's like a balloon.
1: We're going to have to talk a lot about what Kirby is like on the inside as the show
0: progresses. <laughs> I bet so. We don't want to We don't want to pour all that out right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see the theme song immediately following, which I think we should talk about later after yep. the recap, but it's incredible. Yep. And then the first thing that we see after the cut is Kirby inside of a star-shaped UFO. Mm-hmm i say ufo even though it's very it's identifiable i mean it's kirby's ship we've identified it. it's pretty much a star yeah <laughs> but it's a ufo in the sense that that's what it's shaped like it's got a dome on the top it's got a uh star-shaped kind of rounded base mm-hmm. and it is like floating while ver- without switching around the way that it is vertically it's just like floating left
1: to right sideways i it's just flying it's just flying through space yeah <laughs> <laughs> is, i'm sure there's a word for that but i don't know what you want <laughs> oh
0: i put a lot of work into that yeah you got <laughs> you went too deep kirby's ufo has a screen on it that displays the word warp and is like kind of trying to alert kirby who is sleeping in space we don't know how long kirby's been floating. yes the ship warns him that he is going to be warping and then it does warp it teleports and it takes him to the planet that Cappy Town is on, which is, uh, I don't know, Earth? Yep. Dreamland? Dreamland, I guess. Maybe Dreamland. I don't know yet. We yeah. leave Kirby in space floating towards Cappy Town. Yes. The very next scene, we get to meet King DDD and his assistant, S. Cargoon, yes. who are being petitioned by the townspeople of Cappy Town to have King DDD deal with the monster that has been sucking up everything in sight and eating it. Yeah. S. Cargoon is like, what are you guys worried about? That's just King Dedede.
1: Yeah, they they describe it. It's a big monster that's eating everything in sight. And he's like, that's just King Dedede. And this guy's doing like, he's just doing Paul Lind's voice. He really is, yes. The actor Paul Lind is being paid uh not quite tribute to but really just like being resurrected into this show this voice actor has used his copy ability
0: <laughs> yeah. and then king T D D is doing almost a like foghorn leghorn
1: kind of like southern lawyer yes he's absolutely <laughs> being a southern lawyer like uh, there's almost nothing scarier to me than this kind of disgusting southern gentleman being put in charge of a a kingdom right but the other thing about that is i'm not sure he's the king of anything except this castle
0: it's really unclear exactly what he has power over but the townsfolk do approach him as the king of Town. like he is the king over their land i guess so but none of them seem to like him very much or take him super seriously no and they really just walk into his dining room
1: like, like, like he doesn't have, like, a throne room.
0: I think it is the throne room. It's one really, really long room that is, like, his throne room slash living room slash dining room. I think it was all the same. Like a loft studio castle.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he points to his fish tank in the corner of the room, which has a small octopus in it, very cute, but still a little mean looking, mm-hmm. and says, Is the monster you're talking about, does it look like that? And they're like, yes, actually, it looks just like that, but a lot bigger. And King Dedede's like, well, there's no reason for you to worry because there's only actually a little one, and it's right here. This piece of dialogue did not make a lot of sense. No, it's a little weird. It, I wasn't sure why DDD said, did it look like this? Ac- DDD is frustrated with the monster because it's not getting big enough. We find out pretty soon. So he has no reason to believe his monster is actually, like, floating around and eating sheep. Right, right. He just is trying to tease them, and the dialogue is trying to make it clear to us yes. that the octopus is the same octopus. The villagers leave immediately when Dedede says he's not going to help, and they consult their, like, spiritual leader. What King Dedede describes as a tiki statue. Uh-huh. Named Kabu? Yes. And a lot of the voice acting in the show, something that makes me a little nervous off the bat, starting here with Kabu, but continuing on into Meta Knight and some others. Uh-huh. This show is very liberally throwing accents around uh-huh. and, like, doing accents for these characters. I did a quick check on most of these voice actors, and most of them are, like, w- white people kind of faking accents from, like, tropes. Yes. Like, this this Tiki has sort of a, like, not-quite-Jamaican, not-quite-Hawaiian like Hawaiian voice. And then later on, Meta Knight. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that the show is trying to make this sort of, like, almost global-feeling kingdom, like a place where everybody just, like, is from all over. I
1: appreciate that vibe, but... I also got some weird feelings from it uh, because there is like a Scottish voice and something else. And so there are are accents from around Mm -hmm. sort of the world. And the question is, when you're producing something like this in the environment in which it was produced, is it better to approach representation by... Trying to include other sounds, like do, doing other voices, or to not do that and probably don't do it. But to be honest, I think what they were doing here was a shortcut
0: to differentiating the characters' voices yes. by putting random accents on everybody. And in, yes. and from even though we don't know exactly what their intentions were, from that perspective, it's a little bit cheap and it's a little bit... Yeah, it's a little bit bad.
2: <laughs> yeah, I yeah, agreed,
1: yeah.
0: But I just wanted to mention it and make sure that we were talking about it. But from this point forward, I just want to talk about Kabu as, like, a representative of, like, these this town's spirituality, very clearly, sure. right off the bat. Sure, sure. They go consult this, like, statue that can speak, mm-hmm. and it apparently can see the future, and it tells them, yes, King Dedede has brought a monster, or at least he says there is a monster that is going to destroy the whole kingdom uh-huh. unless it is defeated by a star warrior named Kirby. Uh (laughs) He says, it's named Kirby, it's a star warrior, and he's on
1: his way. Kabu's on one. Like, he's got real powers. He can definitely for real see the future. He's not going, I think a champion will come. He's saying, a star warrior named Kirby is on his way and we're going to be fine. Imagine having that kind
0: of specificity in your fortune telling and still (laughs) having King Dedede showing up in a tank and not believing
1: you. Yeah, right. King DDD is clearly not a good listener. And that's a (laughs) common trait of dictators, etc., old southern lawyers, (laughs) just not being a good listener and, you know, he's telling you the future. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, can you predict this? And he's like, uh, yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> King Dedede shows up in a
0: tank that he apparently just has laying around his castle. Yeah. And he decides that he's going to shoot Kabu because he's mad that Kabu is, like, riling up the villagers against him. Where Kabu has directly stated that King Dedede is responsible for a monster that's going to destroy everything.
1: Before we, uh, you know, we were talking about other shows we could talk about or other media, mm-hmm. uh, we discussed at some length Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. And uh, I'm happy to report we no longer need to talk about Metal Gear Solid, because this show's got it. It's got all the good stuff from it. It's got a big, weird guy in a tank. Mm -hmm. I was very excited to see that.
0: Does Metal Gear Solid have a fortune-telling tree?
1: yeah it's got fortune telling tree it's got a hungry star demon mm-hmm. it's got everything in it so anyway we pretty much we can just write that one off we don't need to worry about it anymore
0: the villagers obviously trust king kabu's opinion and his messages a lot more than they trust king Dedede, yes and this makes DDD mad so he says can you predict what'll happen when i shoot you with this tank yep and kabu says i predict you're not going to Push the button. You're not going to shoot me with a tank. And he's like, ha 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 ha. And Escargoon is like, ha 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 ha. I'm like, can you hear? Do you hear this guy? He doesn't think I'm going to shoot it. And then Kirby falls from the sky, knocks him out of the tank, and ends yep. that sequence. They are not able to push it, thereby confirming again that Kabu is the real deal.
1: Kirby's Starcraft is, like, magnetically attracted to this tank. Yeah, it really is. They collide repeatedly. <laughs> what happens next? Kirby lands, and he meets the town folk, the Cappies. Are they the Cappies? Sure. I want to talk about them for a second. I recognize them from the, the Kirby games, mm-hmm. right? They're these little, like hardwood cactars they look like if you took the gyroids from animal crossing and gave them legs yes Mm -hmm. bingo i was exactly thinking about them as as Mm -hmm. gyroids and i was wondering where this series fits into the animal crossing canon Mm -hmm. i think that it must take place like thousands of years prior to animal crossing because gyroids are fossilized exactly Mm -hmm. exactly but this is during the time when gyroids were up alive and walking and they had their own culture their own civilization, mm-hmm. and then Animal Crossing takes place as sort of a dark future where the gyroids have all gone extinct but can be resurrected and made to dance with dark magic.
0: Is that is that a dark future, though? Like, so we're all going to go extinct. We're all <laughs> going to become fossils. At least they get to continue to make music even in their future forms.
1: I will go ahead and give you permission to make my skeleton sing in your living room. If I go before you... You can do that with me.
0: <laughs> For my funeral, will you puppeteer
1: me so I can be the DJ? <laughs> okay, this is a pact. We're making it. God, I hope neither of these come to pass. May we live forever. Amen. May we live forever.
0: <laughs> Kirby meets these two kids that are differentiated from the Cappies because even though they are Cappy children, they have specific designs. It's kind of like yep. the the anime joke about the colored hair. These kids have certain special hairstyles, and they're also not wearing hats, which... Most of the cappy people are. Maybe you don't get the hat until you grow up. We'll learn more. <laughs> the kids are named Tiff and Tuff. And even though we don't spend much time with them, they have these little fairy companions named Falala and Fololo as well. I love those. Mm-hmm. And the way that they introduce each other is very funny. Saying Falala and saying Fololo is not easy. And these these voice actors having to like very clearly say their names. Yeah. There's this whole sequence where they're talking to Kirby and they're like, I am Tiff. This is Tough." I am Falala, and this is (laughs) Fololo. It's very goofy. It's very good. Kirby gets attacked by King DDD and dropped into a crevice. So the kids go and find Kirby. Kirby saves one of the kids when she's falling down the crevice, saves Tiff by using his, like, puff-up floaty ability, which is the first time we see Kirby do anything but get punched.
1: And when he does it the first time, it's kind of... mm, How would you describe it? He takes a really long time to, like, (laughs) shape his mouth into the, like intake form yes and then it slowly shuts around the like ball of air that we can't see and it's sort of weird they're trying to very (laughs) clearly choreograph what's
0: happening and as a result it does make kirby seem a little more stressful looking yeah especially because they gave kirby lips i think
1: he's got a little bit of lips and he's 3d They actually do a pretty good job with the animation in this show. Yeah, agreed. Like the 3D looks good mixed with the 2D. Except sometimes when it doesn't. (laughs) And this was one of them where the way he like slowly turns and shuts his mouth around some air didn't do it for me. No, not good.
2: (laughs) It didn't quite
0: work. And they didn't quite sell the physics of his floating either because they keep falling for a minute and then
1: suddenly he's magically floating. He's not drifting. I wonder if it's because he's adapting to the atmosphere on this new planet. That must be it. Yeah. You think he's got to like detect the chemical composition? I thought a lot about Superman. The yellow sun. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he kind of has a kind of Kal-El origin situation in this episode. Like, we don't know who his parents are, Mm -hmm. who put him in the spacecraft. Why was he a sleepy little pink baby that gets warped into this planet? There's a little bit of a Superman situation. I think it's super super Superman-y.
2: You're right.
0: (laughs) They save Kirby from the crevice, and then when they get out of the crevice, King Dedede attacks them again, continues to knock Kirby around. And to be clear, the only thing we actually see... Kirby do for most of this time is just fall, makes yeah. made very clear that
1: he can handle a lot of damage. Right, that's true, and he hasn't been aggressive toward DDD at all. Mm-hmm. Like DDD has just decided, oh, this is your Star Warrior. Well, I'm going to play golf with him.
0: Yes, he's nervous. He's nervous yeah. that this Star Warrior really is going to hurt him, but he still doesn't believe that Kirby can because he looks so unassuming. Yes, the kids save him from King DDD as well. They kind of run away, sort of beat DDD. I don't remember exactly how that concludes. Yeah. But the... And Esker Goon is here the whole time, by the way. We'll talk about him more in a minute. Sure, yeah, yeah. They do introductions with Kirby, and Kirby does this very, like, baby thing of repeating what they're saying, but obviously not 100% getting it. Mm -hmm. Like, she says, my name is Tiff, and Kirby's like, name Tiff, name Tiff. Mm -hmm. And they do that a couple times, and Kirby's like, Kirby, Kirby. They conclude the kids actually conclude like oh he must be a baby star warrior like he must be some kind of
1: young creature the truth is of course that kirby is ancient eternal and fully formed yes older than all of us and he contains an infinite void within him
0: he's still he still might be a baby but he's definitely older than anybody there
1: you know how they talk about the universe is like expanding and then eventually it's going to contract i began developing while watching this episode a sort of cosmology of my own. Okay, please. Wherein the universe has reached its maximum size, and then Kirby was born. And Kirby is growing from a tiny pink ball within the universe until he will be able to grow large enough Mm -hmm. to consume the entire universe, spit it back out, and that's the Big Bang.
0: Yeah, it appears to be that Kirby is able to defy the laws of matter by... Sucking things in and making them disappear, but not converting them into anything. Uh Uh-huh. Unless they are being converted (laughs) into energy for Kirby, that's not super clear. That's true. He did seem hungry. Mm -hmm. Like, he does need to eat. They take him to dinner with a bunch of the cappies. And these very important cappies, including, I guess, the mayor, are talking and giving a speech about how thankful they are to Kirby for having sort of, like, scared DDD out of their town for the day, and how he's going to help them defeat the monster, and how amazing that's going to be. And the kids are like, Kirby can't even understand you. Can we please eat?
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. And they're like,
1: you don't need to worry about impressing him. He really, he's fine. He does not get it. Yeah. He says,
0: let's eat. Kirby, upon realizing that they are allowed to eat the food now, sucks up all the food on the entire Table, yeah, (laughs) infuriates the adults, makes the kids sad, and then runs away. (laughs) In this moment, I I was struck with the feeling of like, oh, Kirby is like almost like a a wild animal that they have brought into their house like in in, in the same way as like a new pet is where yeah. you're like oh i'm oh i'm sorry i this dog just is gonna do this for a minute until we figure out how to teach him
1: i was gonna eat that sandwich but i guess the dog didn't <laughs> can't get too mad that's just what <laughs> kirby's do
0: and the kids seem to get this and they run out after kirby to try to like calm him down because it does seem like kirby got upset that the adults started kind of yelling at him
2: yeah
1: like maybe he was embarrassed like oh i wasn't supposed to eat all the food Mm
0: -hmm. Aww, and kirby (laughs) i've only just eaten everything in front of me for thousands and thousands of years (laughs) they run outside and kirby is standing in front of the sheep skeletons looking kind of stressed out yes like, like what are these and when the kids arrive they think oh kirby
1: Did you really actually, are you the one that ate all of these sheep? Yeah, did eating all of our food remind you of the time when you devoured these poor innocent creatures and now you've returned to the scene of the bone crime? But no. Like kind kids who
0: are completely unaware of the danger that befalls them should Kirby consider them a threat. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Take Kirby and run so that uh, when the villagers come, they don't also think that Kirby has eaten all of the sheep. Take him to a shed and ask him, a shed that appears to be where the goats maybe live sometimes. Yeah. There's lots of hay around. Mm -hmm. And ask him, like, please tell us the truth. If you ate those sheep and you tell us, we can help you. Like, we can maybe convince them to not get mad at you, but you have to tell us the truth. And Kirby doesn't understand what's going on. He's like, Kirby... Cue the arrival of Sword and Blade. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so for everyone keeping track at home, we've got Tiff Tough, Falala, Fololow, Sword, Blade, and Kirby, King DDD, and Escargoon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just love all those sounds. And these are all characters that were introduced just in this episode yep. so far. Not counting the giant octopus Kabu. And the Cappies, lots of characters. Yes, indeed. They come in and they are apparently there for the king. They are looking for Kirby. Yes. And the kid has hidden Kirby in a bag. They reveal that Kirby's in the bag, and then Meta Knight arrives.
1: Yes, silhouetted against the night,
0: right before a commercial break. Uh huh. Very dramatically. Yep. In the uh, like in the night where like a thunder crash uh, hits. Uh huh. And then when he opens up his cape, we recognize our good friend Meta Knight. He walks up, he starts inspecting Kirby, and he has this vision of Kirby in space. He, like, sees three-dimensional Kirby surrounded by stars and says, it is, or it is true. Yeah, that's a really weird moment. Mm -hmm. He knows something about Kirby. Yeah, he knows a lot about Kirby because in just another scene, he starts listing all of
1: Kirby's magical powers. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he really does have, like, Meta Knight's either also from space. Mm -hmm. I've speculated in the past that Meta Knight, like, is a Kirby who wears a mask Mm -hmm. and has a suit. You know, like, their powers are very similar at a certain level. Yeah. But they may be from a similar location or, or, you know.
0: I bet it's likely. The two big possibilities here, because he says... It is true about Kirby. He could be like a scholar of the Star Warriors or could like Oh, I like that. could like know about them and know what they theoretically are but has never known for sure that they really
1: exist. I like him being a scholar. He's got his big uh his big airship that he usually flies around mm-hmm. and I would love it if it's just lined with books on the inside.
0: Yeah, so many libraries. Or he is also like one of the Star Warriors. Like he could be
1: Yep. another one of these like Elder god creatures like Kirby apparently is. It could be. And Meta Knight in the games is usually a sort of like third wheel Mm -hmm. as far as the conflict goes. Like there's Kirby, there's DDD, or whoever the main bad guy is, and then there's Meta Knight sort of working his own angle, Mm -hmm. sometimes opposed to Kirby, but not always. And that's the way this plays out, even in this first episode, where we think Meta Knight's working for the king, and then. He saves Kirby. He does appear to
0: be, like, technically one of the king's employees because there are a few moments where he also protects DDD mm-hmm. and is like, and he calls him sire and is like, you need to get out of the way. Yes. So Mennonite respects... The monarchy. Yeah. Somehow. But he also has his own agenda. He has his own things he's interested in. And apparently he wants to keep Kirby alive. Uh-huh. If he is a scholar, it could be to study Kirby. And if he is one of these Star Wars, it could be because he's lonely. That's true. And he needs a friend. Yes. Escargoon and DDD are trying to fix Kirby's ship. And the one line reasoning we get for this is that DDD says, if we can fix the ship, we can send him back uh-huh. into space. Like, we'll just make him leave. Yeah. It doesn't really line up with the, his motivations at the end. A lot of what DDD is doing is a little bit, like, for the sake of the plot. Uh-huh. Um, but in this case, they are trying to fix Kirby's ship. They're looking around for how... It's obviously got some wild alien tech they don't know how to use. Mm-hmm. And they find a little, like, a uh, jewelry box. Or what do you call it? Like, the the ring box that you put, like, a, a diamond ring into when you're gonna propose. It looks like that. <gasps> and they crack it open, and inside (laughs) is a little tiny star. Yeah. Uh They don't know how to use it. They don't know what it is, but DDD can recognize that it's cute and powerful, and so he takes it for himself. Yep. Goes back inside, visits his octopus baby. The octopus baby is still small, and he's grumpy about it, so he sits down in his chair, and he contacts the nightmare warehouse Inter- nightmare Enterprises. nightmare enterprises yes and then the dude from the second mask movie is there <laughs> on the screen
2: uh, <laughs> and-
1: <laughs> i can't get away from this movie is he just from the second mask movie or is it the bad like club owner guy from the first mask movie too oh i guess it's also that guy but
0: he looks a lot like when uh, in son of the mask when at the beginning they do that when the guy puts on the mask and does the, like, uh-huh. I love you, baby. And if it's quiet, all right, I need you, baby. Okay. But he does it in, like, a million yeah. different
1: styles. You remember that? I don't think I saw Son of the Mask because it was related to Jim Carrey. I'm okay. not allowed to watch the movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I loved that one
0: part. I'll go watch it. When I was the age that that movie came out, please don't look it up. I don't want to know okay. um, how old I was <laughs> when I was obsessed with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I loved it
1: and he his hair has that part at the top that looks a lot like this DDD says he's gonna go online like he specifies that he's going to this like online storefront (laughs) he says it's a newfangled service yeah he sits down in his throne a bunch of computer screens and holographic chambers unfold and and, and encircle him (laughs) it takes several seconds he enters his gamer couch you know, mm-hmm. and then this like sleazy, slick dirt bag appears on the screen and is like, thank you for calling Nightmare Enterprises. How can we dis, you know, how, whatever, how can we whatever? <laughs> I didn't come up with another. I didn't come up with a joke. He's just like, hey,
2: <laughs> welcome to Nightmare Enterprises. King D.D.D. How can I assist you?
0: <laughs> D says he wants to lodge a formal complaint, says that his octopus is not a big, giant, scary monster like they promised. Mm-hmm. The guy from Nightmare Enterprises says, oh, don't worry, he'll grow on you. And apparently satisfied by that pun, DDD says, fine, pushes a button and turns off the whole thing.
1: Everything just goes beep, beep, beep blah, 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 and folds back into the floor. <laughs> it's very silly. They wanted to introduce the system to us, which is funny, but yeah, they definitely just had DDD give up on his complaint very fast.
2: Yes.
0: Maybe he's nervous on the phone.
1: He has he something about the newfangled online storefront so that he can order his army of weird monsters or something, mm-hmm. right? So this is setting up that we're probably going to see him purchase... Like, this is our Monster of the Week mechanic, right? Yes, yeah. Is that is going to be able to order weird aliens, and I bet you a lot of them are gonna have to deal with hunger. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> I don't know that for sure, but um, they're trying to go as fast as possible in this episode to kind of lay the groundwork so that if you catch any subsequent episode, you'll kind of know what's going on, right? So Didi goes to look at his octopus again, and now,
0: in between the time he got on the phone and got off the phone, the octopus has grown a little bit bigger and is sitting on the top of his tank. It hypnotizes him. Is there any reason for this? For the octopus's growth? Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Maybe it's just when the octopus gets hungry.
1: Yeah, maybe so.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it gets big. It hypnotizes DDD. Kirby runs inside. I guess having seen its ship and then looking for its stuff. Mm-hmm. Kirby runs inside, and DDD is now in a like rage with his eyes all glowing with the octopus's hypno- hypnosis glow. And he starts hitting his mallet all over the place, trying to get at Kirby. Mm-hmm. Kirby starts out dodging pretty well, and then gets just like totally beaten up over and over. We see a like montage of him slamming into different walls and pillars. Yes. And then the kids arrive, and in the chaos, DDD drops the star. Yeah. And it stops being just the hammer that DDD is trying to hit him with. Now there are like other contraptions. Yep. Around. Kirby gets crushed by a bunch of rocks and
1: comes out like a sickly green color. Yes. And the star is also sickly green. Mm -hmm. And that's when Tiff. Does Meta Knight explain? Yeah. Meta Knight says, that's the warp star. It's the source of Kirby's power. I'll I'll be honest with you. I don't like that. No.
0: (laughs) I don't need him to say that. I didn't understand that. I don't like, I don't understand what the warp star really does have to do with Kirby's biology and how that quite works, but she holds it up in the air and apparently holding it up in the air is enough to like fix Kirby. Kirby goes back to being pink. He gets a lot stronger and he starts like punching stuff around. He ends up outside on this big pillar and the octopus starts shooting little tiny octopuses out of its tentacle. Yeah, uh, Yeah. Suckers, yeah, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> and like this. So all these little tiny octopuses fly out and start attacking Kirby. Yep. Kirby, now uh, empowered with the Warp Star, yep. begins to suck up all of the tiny octopuses and is eating them by the hundreds. And then does like his kick twirl, and it's just like knocking them away. And then finally, after absorbing enough of them, Meta Knight explains very clearly. Yes. Kirby's using his inhale ability. Oh, now Kirby's using his copy power, and now he's known. As fire Kirby.
1: <laughs> because the big octopus has made the mistake of sending flaming octopi mm-hmm. straight in to this like absolutely adorable gob. And that's when Kirby's able to use his copy ability. It's like, when he sw- if he absorbs things made of fire, he can be fire. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, oh, okay, cool. I thought that Kirby <laughs> was going to like suck up the whole octopus by the end of this episode,
0: but he does yes. not do that. He blasts the octopus with a lot of fire, so much fire Mm -hmm. for seconds and seconds and seconds until finally... It's a lot. (laughs) Until finally the octopus is blown into space. Is this Fire Kirby's ultimate, his final smash? I guess so, yeah. Yeah. A big blaze. Mm -hmm. He's blown into space and everybody is really happy. The Cappies are excited. Tiff and Tiff are excited. Their parents are excited. Everybody's so... Everybody's
1: just so happy with Kirby.
0: Except for... King Dedede and mm Escargoon. King Dedede is mostly mad that he's not going to be able to get a refund on the monster
1: now. There goes my refund, (laughs) he says. It's a really weird voice for Dedede. But all working working together, the town
0: fixes Kirby's ship. Yep. And Kirby gets in the ship. They have a little, like, didn't you hear me? I said go. Oh, yeah. uh, Moment. That is trying to tug on our heartstrings, but with very limited time. (laughs) It's
1: like the tiniest strings. It's like we got one little string just like, hey, hey, okay, never mind. Kirby gets in his ship Mm -hmm. to fly
0: away and leave the town, but then DDD says, no, I'm not going to let that happen, and shoots the star with his tank. The star falls from the sky, crushes the tank, explodes. Knocks DDD and Scargoon out of the way. Yeah. Leaves Kirby out of his ship with Tiff and Tuff. And Tiff immediately is like,
1: oh, I guess you're not leaving. <laughs> yeah. We see bad guys in these shows and in real life do this stuff all the time. Yes. Which is this like self defeating, like being so caught up in the moment mm-hmm. and just like not wanting to let anybody have what they want right even when it aligns with what you want the fact that they want it now you can't have it it
0: doesn't make any sense that he would he wanted kirby to leave
1: why was he keeping kirby there yeah just let him fly away but instead he's like oh you want to fly away now well good thing i put my backup plan which was a bomb inside the spaceship just in case i didn't want you to leave and then they blow him up like ddd manages to, to like, be responsible for everyone else's suffering Mm -hmm. and his own. Yeah. And that's one of the things we see the villains do in these things so much of the time. It's a lot like Eggman.
0: It's almost the same idea completely, where instead of a robot that he's built that day that doesn't quite work, it's a a monster. Even Eggman even had in Sonic X, he had an octopus robot, a big octopus robot that he attacked Sonic on. You're right. It's very, very similar, and the way that they affect the world is similar. Yeah. I think I'm thinking more about Sonic Boom than Sonic X in Eggman's case. Right. But in Sonic Boom, it's the same where Eggman is repeatedly creating these situations that just harm everyone, including himself. Right. Exactly.
1: And that if he could think beyond whatever it is, it's this short-sighted, self-centered, like, Mm -hmm. I want what I want and not what you want, then you could have any number of other outcomes we wouldn't have a show a week i'll tell you that Mm -hmm.
0: but we are (laughs) given an interesting piece of information a little bit of foreshadowing when we see the salesman from nightmare enterprises Mm. in their actual office and there is a spooky tall like anime bad guy power rangers (laughs) bad guy standing in the back and the the salesman says Oh it appears that this Kirby
1: really is like a star warrior of legend. He is really powerful. And then this tall cape silhouette with sort of spiky shoulder pauldrons and maybe a horned head just goes mm-hmm. <laughs> And then it cuts. Like And that's all. It's just one little evil laugh to go like don't worry there is also like an even more evil person behind all of this. Which I like because I love the
0: idea that DDD's like selfishness is actually yeah. just a money-making opportunity ah. for the real big bad guy who needs to compile resources for some
1: reason. DDD is being manipulated by an arms dealer, literally. Mm-hmm. And his self-centeredness creates a capitalist hunger that he thinks he can buy things to both improve his decor vis-a-vis an aquarium mm-hmm. full of beautiful octopi. Yeah. And that it should also be a weapon that will thwart his foes, whoever they might be. In this case we have to infer that DDD really hates sheep.
0: Yeah, we don't know we don't know exactly why he was <laughs>
1: buying the octopus before, but we can assume now he's gonna be buying monsters to try to defeat. Kirk. Right because I guess he would just be trying to like cement his role as like alleged king. Mm-hmm. like, oh, I have a powerful monster. No one can stand up to me now. But now he's got a goal to like, oh, I'll definitely buy more monsters.
0: And much like uh, Apple's planned obsolescence, uh-huh. the Nightmare Enterprises is given a like true, an actual incentive to be giving him gradually more powerful monsters. That's right.
1: So that he will continue to pay for them at all levels until <laughs> they finally hit the point where Kirby is defeated. <laughs> it's also like if your next door neighbor also wants to play Pokemon cards you're both in trouble. (laughs) Like, you might just buy some Pokemon cards to look at them and be like, oh, no one can defeat me. I'm the greatest trainer on this block. Mm -hmm. But if your neighbor kid is also going to buy Pokemon cards, you're both going to debtor's prison in a year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they have debtor's prison for
1: 11-year-olds. Well, (laughs) if they don't yet, they will. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, you didn't have a problem with collectible card games like I did. (laughs) <laughs> and that's the end of the recap Yep
2: Well it looks like you won't be leaving Kirby You wanna stay with us? Kirby, Kirby Kirby
1: What are your big
0: takeaways from this, Caleb? Did you have a good time? I absolutely had a good time. I think the show is very funny. I think it's very weird. Kirby is really cute, but their presentation of him is also like, there's an undercurrent of scariness there. Yes. Agreed. (laughs) Kirby is an alien who has like ended up in this very normal town. Uh Uh-huh. Plus, he and DDD and Escargoon are all animated in this three-dimensional style, which functionally might be because they're the ones that are in the most action situations, and so it's a little bit... Less expensive, maybe, to do it that way or more like adaptive. I guess so. For their action. But the actual function of it is that these three seem like strangely placed on top of this like nice world the way that it's supposed to be. It it makes them uncanny. Yeah. Even the octopus which stays two-dimensional, yeah, appears like he's more a part of this world than the three of them do. Yeah. And I I like that feeling because I like the idea that like DDD and S. are a little bit wrong, like we shouldn't have this king and we shouldn't have his like yep. sidekick like messing with his people's world. Mm-hmm. And then Kirby is definitely
1: like not supposed to be here. Right. Now we don't know where this story takes place in the larger context of Kirby, but like Yeah. D.D.D. is historically in conflict with Kirby everywhere he goes. Mm -hmm. So it's possible that D.D.D. is also not of this world. Mm -hmm. Maybe he came from space and, like, set up residence and became a king. Maybe not. Mm -hmm. We don't know. It is interesting that these Cappies, which are
0: clearly, like, one consistent, like, people, and it seems like a species, that they are not ruled themselves like by a cappy or by someone who is part of their community right
1: is interesting it begs like where did he come from right exactly they have their sort of spirit guide they receive guidance from kabu and we can imagine projecting backwards the time before ddd came the cappies you know had their situation they consulted kabu when they had questions about things Kabu's like, sure. I mean, I can literally tell you anything you want to know. I mean, I, I can tell you precisely what to do. I mean, I, uh, like, <laughs> why don't you come and talk to me every day? And they're like, it's okay, Kabu. We don't want to wear you out. He's like, no, I, I have infinite energy. I'm a powerful statue. I can see all time. Can you, d- guys come back come back <laughs> and I'm also just like left
0: here with my thoughts all the time I and mean, when you can see all time and you're left in with your thoughts like <sighs> the amount of time that I spend looking exactly <laughs> at what happened to me in middle school is intense
2: <laughs> not,
0: I really need someone to distract me I can I can picture perfectly all the mistakes that I have ever made and will
1: oh. ever make and I would just really love to not do that for a little while who a doof well, and and we, I presume we'll learn a little bit more about Kabu's capabilities. Mm-hmm. Maybe he doesn't see infinitely on all directions, but he can provide sort of short-term guidance. We'll find out. But DDD has disrupted what we can presume to be a kind of a, a pastoral I- ideal. What if Kabu and Meta Knight have some kind of relationship?
0: Like, what if that's where Meta Knight has this information about Kirby as well? Like, if both of them have been communicating about, like, the, this potential future and what these star warriors are. Interesting. And so that's part of why Meta Knight feels like, oh, it's true? Is that it's another one of Kabu's, like, big prophecies. Uh,
1: it's something that he's heard about mm-hmm. and, like, gotten facts about but kind of couldn't... St- There's still something about it even even when you have someone who can tell the future. It's very common in, in fiction to, for people to be like, yeah, but are you sure about this one? I
0: have... A couple of big things I want to ask you about. Please go ahead. One of them is the theme song. Yes. How does it treat you? How do you feel about it? Describe it to me.
1: I loved it. I got excited immediately. Like, unfortunately, my knowledge of, like, big band music begins and doesn't quite end with Zoot Suit Riot. But... (laughs) (laughs) i'm so mad because like also me me as well for us like growing up in the 90s and early 2000s like that was the revival of this sound so we can't help but like that's our first point of contact with like, wow, what's this fun music with all these brass instruments that they played for decades, but we only heard because of...
0: Whatever this is, it's a lot like ska. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's also a lot like ska. Uh, the song is good. I like it. It made me happy immediately. I'm looking forward to listening to it many more times, and uh, we uh-uh. will have included a, a segment of it in the show here. But um, the song's great. I haven't parsed all the lyrics yet. Like, it takes me a long time to understand what's being said in a song. But what I got, I liked. My favorite line is, he's got maximum pink. I'm pretty sure is a
2: word. Yeah!
0: You do <laughs> say that.
1: That's interesting.
0: I really, really like the theme song and the name of the show. The Japanese name of it is uh, Hoshino, Hoshino Kirby. But Kirby Right Back At you, is such a good name because it so firmly establishes, like, this is what Kirby does. If you send something at him, he will send it back to you.
1: Oh, that's
0: good. And so the whole song being this like very fun jazzy like introduction to his basic mechanic i think is really smart i like that i like
1: that Mm -hmm. and he doesn't do the like spit back out star thing in this episode yeah not so far he just absorbs right so we'll see about that that's the other thing though that got me kind of several times as this was progressing Mm -hmm. was the uh like infinite capacity of his intake.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When he sucks up all the food on the table, and it's just gone, and he doesn't get bigger, he doesn't, like, he doesn't swell up and then have to do the gloomp thing mm-hmm. that he does in the games, where he's, you can see that he's holding something within his mouth and then he gloomps it and it's gone. Mm-hmm. It just vanished within him. And that <laughs> happened a number of times and that was something I found slightly disconcerting. Yeah, very scary. Like, all the octopi he didn't stretch out full of octopi and then have a satisfying glomp. Instead, he just, <laughs> you know, he just, into, he just shwarp. It's inside. I can't do, like, a good intake Kirby sound, apparently. (laughs) I really liked that one. But where does it go? I think it's totally likely
0: that we will go into his stomach by the end of this television show.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. I think that's
0: extremely possible that we will see the pocket dimension inside of Kirby.
1: I think so. And that is what I'm presuming is happening, is that there is this sort of, like, unconscionable void within him Mm -hmm. where all of these things either go or just, like, vanish through.
0: Yeah, are they, I wonder, floating around? Mm. Like, are all those octopus still alive and now forming, like, a colony inside of this separate universe? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Or are they all, like, frozen in stasis? Like, what is it like? Or are they being stretched through, like, the heart of a black hole, through the singularity of Kirby? Do they stay there and live and, like, Fear for the day that Kirby needs a power,
0: because then he will, like, finally move them into himself and absorb
1: their actual essence. Kirby has, like a cow, four void stomachs. Mm -hmm. In the first one, he stores pure nutrition. In the second, he shifts potential powers. Mm -hmm. The third stomach is where he digests the powers. And the fourth one is where they become stars. (laughs) (laughs)
0: and also this episode really did have a theme of hunger like you mentioned right off the bat we see this octopus eat all of these sheep and then we have a joke about how ddd is always eating yeah and then we have kirby show up and it becomes a question of is kirby the one eating these sheep yeah is this octopus the one eating the sheep why does ddd want this octopus in the first place Uh uh-huh there's this idea of consumption that that was very very powerful in this first episode.
1: Oh, even including the shopping, like shopping from this catalog of monsters. Yes, yeah. Capitalist consumption. And DDD's implied like imperialist takeover of this place right. that has this like totally different way of living and spiritual system. Uh-huh. So there's a lot a lot of ideological material on the table. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll reflect more on hunger, I'm sure as we go, but the hunger in itself is not evil yes you know hunger is not a problem we all need to eat all creatures great and small must consume in order to live Mm -hmm. the problem of course is when you consume more than you need Mm -hmm. the octopus but we might say this of kirby too it's a kind of invasive species yes yeah this is something which is not adapted to this environment Mm -hmm. which comes in and kirby apparently his dietary needs far exceed those of the gyroids well it could be that kirby
0: is adapted to his environment but that kirby is meant to devour like
1: planet-sized things that's what i'm saying maybe and maybe kirby's homeland has lots and lots of things you know to eat oh that's possible i've been thinking of kirby as a as a being that has always existed in space but we don't know i'm thinking of his parents back home on Kirby Krypton just like shoving hamburgers into their baby's mouth as they put him in this (laughs) capsule like hold on to these in your first stomach Kirby don't turn them all into stars immediately you need to eat we're gonna fill you up with hamburgers and then seal this up put you to sleep until it's time for you to warp to your fated destination.
0: That's really interesting to me because I wonder if the real thing here is not about controlling your hunger, but if the question is more about what you do with the things that you consume afterwards. Because Kirby is not... Okay. Even though he is like lightly admonished for having eaten everybody's food, uh-huh. it's not really portrayed as something he did super wrong. It's portrayed as something that he's just going to do. Yeah. And he is like eating so much. He's eating these little baby octopies. He's eating everything that gets in his way, but he's turning it into... Fire to then save the day. It's
1: turning it into justice.
0: Yeah, exactly. Is the show? Do you think just telling us that it's okay if you eat a lot if you do good stuff with it, or do you think <laughs> it's getting to like you have to learn when
1: to absorb and when not to absorb? Uh, we'll have to see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. So far, the dichotomy is between like conspicuous consumption that doesn't serve your good or anyone else's good mm-hmm. I, in the case of DDD and buying this sort of like trophy exotic animal mm-hmm. trying to exert power over others the octopus which is devouring the entire countryside for no clear reason just just because it like is angry hangry yeah it's hang well yes the octopus is hangry <laughs> um, <laughs> once again uh, Snickers rears its ugly head As we go to our first ad break. (laughs) Just kidding. So, was there anything else about the show that
0: you wanted to talk about or anything that really stuck out to you? We covered a lot of it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Let me think for a second. We talked about the gyroids. Mm -hmm. We talked about Superman. Well, my only other Superman-related thought is that the Warp Star gives Kirby power. Mm -hmm. So, we sort of have a circumstance where it's not that Kirby went to the right place, To receive the radiation of a certain star, but he comes with his yellow star. Yeah. That gives him the radiation. And when he's cut off from that, when he's separated from it for too long, we have the scene where Tiff pulls the star out, and just being within like visible range, Kirby is powered up again. And I think that's an interesting thing. I'm very curious to see what they do with the mechanics of the Warp Star mm-hmm. and the implication that his power comes from that.
0: Yeah. Also, we did see Kirby ride it. We've I forgot to mention that, yep. but we got yep. we got to see him jump on top of it and it, it expanded and got
1: bigger. Yep. So we see him in his sort of classic like riding this Warp Star pose. Mm-hmm. And this is something that the cartoon like Sonic's cartoons do too. They locate the power somewhere else like his shoes
0: or the rings yes
1: exactly rather than being inherent to the character for like narrative purposes when you take a video game character you kind of have to give them a weakness or you have to like separate their their power from themselves for some reason which is Mm -hmm. like something i want to think more about as we see how the warp star plays out but uh yeah that was the only other thing i i guess i really thought about i mean this show is like a lot of fun
0: it was really really fun very cute and i had not thought about the mechanics of that being that he had to like be exposed
1: to the warp stars, like direct energy, like radiation. And that I guess we'll see if that's what it really is. But yeah, that's what it seemed like to me.
0: That does make a lot of sense. And I am excited to see, like, what do you think happens when Kirby sucks up the warp star
1: Uh uh-huh oh i was thinking about it immediately i was like put that star in his mouth (laughs) yeah (laughs) Because there's a reason he hasn't already done that and i want to know what it is as you're playing along at home Mm -hmm. as you're watching along and you're watching each of these things everything that comes on the screen you need to ask yourself is kirby gonna eat that
0: (laughs) (laughs) what happens when kirby eats this one (laughs) and in future episodes in the next couple episodes i want to talk more about Escargoon's relationship with DDD and how that plays out. I want to talk more about the Cappies and Kabu, especially I want to have an eye on like, how does this dynamic work and what has he done for them in the past?
1: We really have very little to to go on so far just in this first sort of groundwork laying episode, but Mm -hmm. I like the ingredients. I had a good time with it. The voices are problematic, but (laughs) we'll just keep on moving and we'll acknowledge that and, and look at what's worth looking at. Mm -hmm. I, had a great time watching this, and I hope our listeners will tell us how they felt about it, too. Are we having a good time? (laughs) We want to talk about Kirby for a little bit? Yeah, our
0: current plan right now is to talk to Kirby for a few months, Mm -hmm. a couple of months, watch a few episodes of it, see how we feel, and then potentially move on to something else. We'll be probably reaching out to you guys for suggestions and ideas about other things to watch. Quick thank you to Dave Donkin,
1: Goodnight Goodnight Productions, for our theme song, which is still Hydrocity Zone, Mm -hmm. from Sonic the Hedgehog. Thanks to everybody who worked on uh, Kirby right back at you, a.k.a. Hoshino Kirby and all the stuff in there. And we don't have time for it right now, but we will have to talk about Super Smash Brothers Ultimate World of Light starring Kirby. Oh, my gosh. Which we have both been playing and enjoying, but we don't have time for that right now.
0: No, (laughs) definitely no time, but gosh, I want to talk about Smash Brothers. (laughs) Okay, until next time. Yes. I am Caleb Zane
1: Hewitt. I'm Nick Splendor. And And you're
2: you're... two. (laughs) I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs>
1: Are you taking melatonin right now no i'm taking what are you doing are you you eating melatonins vitamins (laughs) (laughs) you're putting a a hard limit on the episode (laughs) i'm popping two melatonins we got 30 minutes let's get in and out talk about kirby (laughs) in
0: 45 minutes i will be asleep
1: i will be asleep and the last 50 minutes before i fall asleep i do need to be in a quiet happy place or else i have bad dreams
0: (laughs) i'm just getting my (laughs) calcium and vitamin d in here that's really good. Eating my superfoods vitamins. I
1: admire that. I'm about to eat a donut. <laughs> <laughs> Please go get, for it. Please chow your donut. Get my superfood. This is my superfood. <laughs> it's a torus. That's a unique mathematical shape.
0: Yeah, you and Homer Simpson getting that power. Uh-huh.
1: How does it feel to eat the food of a cop? I'm the Homer... Oh... I'm the Homer Simpson of Popeye. No, I'm not Popeye of Homer Simpson. When I eat a donut, I get really strong. I'm not sure that analogy quite... I'm not sure any of that
2: works functionally or comedically. Moving on!